Welcome, everybody, to episode two of the Building Savages cast. And I am here with my amazing co-host, my boy, Evan. What up, what up, what up? What up? Yeah, we're super excited for today's conversations, man. Um, Evan's been reading a book that he's going to talk to us about, and he's going to relate that into a lot of the perspectives from this book that he's been reading into how he's been connecting that into just kind of everyday society and the things that he's been noticing and things that he's been even working on in his own personal journey. So I'll be excited for um, him to talk about this book. This book is called Comfort Crisis. Um, so yeah, more on that coming soon. Um, but we wanted to lead off with a with a little fun topic before we get into that one. Uh, Evan had brought up um, why do people find exercise slash fitness so boring? And I thought that was a, a pretty interesting conversation to, to to have on here. So um, I'll I'll actually start off with my thoughts a little bit on why I think people find fitness and exercise boring. When when I first got into fitness, I think uh, the average person kind of jumps in. It, uh, you know what? I'll talk more like 15 years ago because I do think today's a little bit different with how people are kind of um, introduced into fitness. But a lot of people, when, when they started getting introduced into fitness, it was very much like the bodybuilding style approach. Like whether you played sports or whether you were just like the casual gym goer, whatever it was, it was just like, you find these magazines and all the magazines have um, a body muscle to focus on and then a list of exercises to work on with this muscle. So it's very much like three sets of 10 machine chest press with three sets of 10 um, leg press for your quads or something like that. So it's a very like rigid style of training. It's very like set, rep, rest period, pick. 10 exercises, two to three um, exercises per muscle group. And honestly, I just think for the average person, it's just really not the funnest way to train. And what a lot of people don't realize too, with like those bodybuilding style workouts, it's really um, pushed and dedicated to people who are in the bodybuilding world, which is actually a very small percentage of the gym community when you start to look at it over time. Um, do they have their place? Sure, they have their place. But for the average person that, that goes in the gym and wants to train, you really don't need that style of training, per se, to get the results that you want. You could utilize different styles of training to get the same desired result. Um, but things that might be a little more literally fun, right? So I think they actually have a definition for fun, too. If I can remember correctly, I believe it's like, it's like it has to be a mixture of like something being challenging but doable at the same time. Like if something's too easy for you, you're going to find it boring. But if something is too challenging for you, you find it impossible. So either way, you can't have fun. It's like you got to find this sweet spot. Yeah, I think I think that's for me. I think people find it boring because they just lack attention span or they they yeah. don't want like the level, the level of dedication it takes to get to where they need to go. I think it's this, this, this fear of uncomfortability. And I know we're going to talk about this later, but like the fear of being uncomfortable of you doing the same workout plan plan for like, I mean, like 12 weeks or whatever like that to get to a goal. A lot of people never really finish anything. Like if you're realistic mm -hmm. about it, it's like finishing a puzzle. It's like some people will get into there, lose their attention span and go. And people are scared of being bored. But a lot of times when like, you're bored, you're more creative, and then you're more creative, then you get to start playing a little bit more to make things fun. So maybe it's a trial and error kind of thing that people have an issue with. It's just like, well, I'm going to stick to this routine so much and whatever like that, but it's also diving into the research or like diving into another workout that you could do for it. Let's just take biceps or whatever like that. I'm sick and tired of doing this curl. Let me do find another curl. I'm sick and tired of doing this tricep. Let me do this other tricep. So like, they don't have the willingness to, to expand their, their realm to like have that extra fun or get out of that and have that sense of boredness to be creative with their own workouts, to make their own workouts fun. And I know like nowadays, I know you're talking about 15 years ago, but nowadays people like see a whole bunch of stuff on Instagram and now it's, and now it's like fucking information overload and they yeah. don't start. And that's another fucking problem. It's just like, 
they'll do all this fun stuff and the fun stuff doesn't give them the, re- the results or they'll try to make it too fun too often. And then they won't make, they, yeah. they won't. So like there has to be a balance of like, of monotony within your training program to elicit results so you can progress on something. But there also has to be a sense of fun where you're still able to experience new things enough time mm-hmm. that you engaged. So it's a balancing act that people don't put enough effort into doing themselves. And that's obviously why they hire us to actually help them out. But they also need to understand that sometimes this it's a journey. It's not about just the finish line. So like they want to see a finish line of them getting exactly that. And they have to understand that it's not going to, this shit ain't going to happen in 12 weeks. This shit's not going to happen, whatever. It's about a lifelong commitment that you're making to yourself about betterment of yourself. So you're able to do more when you're fucking 80. Like my goal when I grow up is like, I don't want to be in a walker when I'm 80. I don't want anybody to wipe my ass. Mm-hmm. Own ass. You know I me? Mean? So it's, it's, it's this scared sense of being bored, but not being willing to be creative enough to find, to be engaging with themselves. If that makes sense. Sounds weird when I say it like that, but that's my no, thought. No, it makes sense. I mean, even, even with like how I kind of structure my workouts um, for, for, myself and even for like clients too it's, it's a matter of like chocolate covered vegetables that's what we, we always called it yeah. whereas like we'll put the fun fundamental and the foundational stuff in there to get you better but i can sprinkle off a couple things in there just to kind of get someone's heart rate up or get somebody a little more engaging and these these little factors that just kind of like wake somebody up more into the into the programming you know like that's a part of what makes good programming too it's like just that those little factors that you put in that just kind of give someone that emotional response too, you know, exactly. even if it might not make the most ideal sense, like on paper, it does make ideal sense when it actually starts to play out. So it's like, if I have, let's say this quote unquote boring work for these people, and then I save this um, last portion of the workout, just to kind of add a little bit of an engagement factor to it, or just like something that might spike someone's heart rate up a little bit or get them sweating a little extra, I mean, it works out. At the end of the day, like, movement should be fun, too. You know, like, it doesn't have to be as strict and boring and so monotony, monotonous. Um, You should have some flexibility in your training that allows you just to be like, yeah, I just want to fucking have fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, that, that's what I like having with groups, too. Like, yeah. what, what gets fun with groups is, like, you could just kind of start creating little shit and just, like, little challenges and little team engagement things and just kind of start making small competitions out of stuff. And next thing you know, like the gym is on fire. Yeah. I mean, people don't, it's underrated adding competitions into your program. Even if it's just a small little thing and like putting a little bit of partner work here and there, like I've gotten, um, I've done things where like um, partner dead bugs or like I'll do like Mm -hmm. chaos dead bugs where like somebody's holding a PVC pipe and like in that overhead position. And as somebody's kicking their legs, you're reacting to it. So reaction drills take your mind away from the actual stress that you're doing because you have to react to it. So like it makes it a little bit more engaging or fun. For me, programming, again, like we all have kind of a skeleton and Terrence and I are very big on like moving patterns. So like if you understand the moving patterns, you can change up your exercises literally on the fly. If you understand whether yeah. horizontal, you have a shit ton of options to change it up every now and then. Horizontal press can be a barbell bench press, dumbbell bench press, push up. It can be a floor press. It can be an explosive push up. Like you have options. Same thing with squat, front squat, back squat, zercher squat. And like having all these in the toolbox that just a general person like figures out, like they can change their own workouts if they have a skeleton to do it. You know what I mean? And it's also one of those things too. Like I hate ab work, but I know a lot of my clients like it. I'll put an ab circus just for shits and gigs. But as long as that's, that's their chocolate. Well, like as long as I'm, they're still squatting, they're still mm-hmm. pressing, they're still doing pull-ups, they're still doing carries all the time when, or a structure of all that, like that shit doesn't necessarily matter to me. Like let them have their fun. Let them feel like I'm getting a six pack by doing this ab circuit. But as long as they're still doing the stuff that's necessarily necessary for them to get physically stronger, prevent injuries and stuff like that, then have all that broccoli. You're not going to taste that broccoli as long as you get the chocolate. You know I mean? Or hot sauce. I'm more of a hot sauce on my broccoli. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. Vegetable yeah. hot sauce. <laughs> hot sauce, man. 
That's all. That's all. That's the only way I get. I get through my 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 chicken, broccoli, and white rice, man. I I suck at cooking. So what? I actually want to make a video on like you know how like you get all these Instagram professionals be like, look at what I made. You could try this too. This overly complicated fucking meal that has like sixty hundred like sixty grams of of protein, whatever. No fucking no person does that shit. I'm sorry. Like you see my plate. I eat six eggs in the morning, egg whites, spinach, and white rice because I can't cook worth dick. But that gets me exactly what I fuck. <laughs> like, it'll be an ugly ass plate. Check what I'm cooking. Yeah, you know I mean, and that's it. Yeah, you know I mean, it's nothing special. So it's one of those things. I it's, again, it's, it's about being monotonous, but being being d- disciplined in your structure, but also understanding. And I think that's the base level of uh, of fun is understanding and then being able yeah. to. Apply. You know what I mean, a lot of people just like I'm just gonna work out and then. You get people that like don't understand the difference between a curl and a and a tricep or a tricep yeah. press. So like you get people who are like, oh, is this the same? No, these are two different body parts. Yeah. But if under the underlining, like today, some we were doing explosive push-ups and somebody wanted to do, I can't do it because my elbow. I'm gonna do TRX squat jumps. Those are not the same fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. Yeah, you know thing. So like, if people start putting a little bit more effort into just understanding the underlying things, the base level things. Um, and again, it's hard with Instagram being so informationally overloaded, but asking questions and it makes their life a little bit easier and they can start understanding how to have fun and structure their own things without having a coach over their head. So it's just low level of, of, of natural understanding, just like anything else. Here's the kicker, though. I always tell my clients, like, when they start, and I tell them, like, the real fun actually starts to kick in when you get in better shape. Yeah. Because, like, all the all the foundational work that we're putting you through is to make sure that when we really start to kick up, that your body can take what's to come. Because we want to make sure that you have the right musculature, you have the right movement patterns, you have the right um, engagement going on, the right breathing. Because, like, when you really start getting into fitness, like, yeah, I admit, like, some stuff really isn't the funnest. But yeah, the more you kind of get into it and you just have all these foundational patterns built in and you have, like, some general good movement patterns and some decent mobility and some good strength, you know, you open up the window to so much shit in your training. And oh then, God. like, a year later into this, you're like, holy shit, look at what I'm doing. Like, yeah. that's when it really starts to get fun. It- it's so much more fun to experiment because you're able to do the, the basic stuff and then you can play around without having to even worry about getting injured. And that's basically yeah. what you're like. I'm just going to fuck around and figure out if I like to do this. It's like one of those things where like, I just picked up the other day. I just picked up a sandbag. I'm going to throw it over my shoulder. I'm just going to fucking do yep. it and see, and see if I enjoy it. And like, I've never done it before. I've watched a video once and I've done it. And then now it's starting to like, all right, cool. Now I start to understand it. How do I actually do it? So yeah, I mean, it's just it's 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 fun to experiment, but you can't experiment until you have that foundational presence. Like you can't like just go out and be like, I'm gonna go ahead and carry a sandbag randomly if you've never actually deadlifted off the floor before because you will hurt yourself. So like, it's a uh, yeah, base level super important. Yeah, like um, being able to do ten pushups comfortably, being able to deadlift, you know, let's say one to two times your body weight or something like that, like. You can't pick up and throw that sandbag over your head if you don't have <laughs> a good oh. hip hinge foundation, some good carry strength, some good pressing strength. Like all of these things have to exist for yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much like what we're trying to do as coaches is like, guys, we just want to make sure that your foundational level is solid because we're, I'm, I tell them all the time, like we kicking up, bro. Like these workouts that you see now, this is nothing. This is just making yeah. sure that. This is just making sure that you're going to be strong and healthy because I really want to start having some fun. And that's why, like, it's important for me to even teach people how to read workouts and how to understand workouts because I don't want to explain to you eight months down the road what 3x10 means. Like, we should know that by now. This is fucking basic. You know, like, I don't want to have to walk your hand through so many things. Now I want to get more into my actual coaching thing where I'm looking at positions or I can – really focus on the environment and the energy of the gym and doing all these things. If I'm, if I have to like walk you through some of the basics of, of trainings and it's like, it's not going to be fun because now it just feels like, um, now you don't, 
Now you don't know how to maneuver through. And then it's just like we have to pay attention to all these details that takes away from the actual training effect. Yeah, 100 percent. It's a uh, it's it it's it, it's it's interesting because that you say that it's like one of those things. The more you're with a coach, the less you need the coach. But you're there for the energy. You know what I'm saying? You're there for, for the little tweaks. Like I have people that have been with me three years that still forget what a dead bug is. And if you don't know, like we do this at least once a week, once a week for three years, and you still have complications with understanding that what a contralateral dead bug is, like opposite hand, opposite foot, you can't conceptualize that within three years. It's hard for me to progress you to anything else because you can't. Yeah. Even do so then I'm just basically, like you're saying, it's basically class time. I have to teach you again. So if I have to continue to teach you the basics, it's hard to progress to a weighted dead bug, a fucking ISO dead bug, or whatever other alternatives that you guys want to do. And I'm just using a dead bug as a method, but some people never progress over a goblet spot because they forget that they sit back more, or their their knees cave in all the time because they're not thinking. And it's one of those things where it's interesting because I all I guess all coaches have this where their clients just come to you because they want all the answers. Yeah, mm-hmm. the answer from you understanding the stuff, like you need to understand that you need to ask us questions, give you answers and fucking retain that so we can move on. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't stress it enough that the a lot of people can't do that stuff is because, I mean, again, a lot of people are busy. This is, this is, just, for them. This is just for their fitness or whatever like that. But it's, it's more than that. Once you understand that you have to fucking conceptualize and do the basics and do the big well, can you only move on? And I think it's also the thing like coaches want to jump or people too want to jump straight to barbell work. And you mm-hmm. do it very, very well where you can't, you can't, you can't get to, to A unless until, well, you can't get to fucking Z until A, B, Z, D, all those letters are done. And then you can start touching the stuff. And I guess people want to touch fucking Z up here and fucking A is fuck. Like people can't do a push up, but can bench press. Like you can't do yeah. 10 push straight. But you can bench press, cool. Show me your push-ups. Your push-ups are like dog shit. That's why you can't bench any more than what you're doing. Like there needs to be found principles in place, limits in place for people to move on and and, and progress. So and, and I think as coaches, like the the key part too is we have to because even though like you know, so say someone wants to I want to squat 300 pounds on my back, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, we have to let them know that. You have to do this foundational work first, but as a coach, you have to make this foundational work challenging to yeah. to where they appreciate that level that they're going to into that barbell squat a, li- a lot differently now because mm-hmm. maybe they don't see the reason why they need to do a goblet squat. Well, I'm going to make goblet squats feel like the hardest thing you've ever done in your entire life. Yep. I'm going to tempo this thing out. I'm going to play with – um the way you hold it, I'm going to play with different ranges, cyclist it. Like, I'm going to show you how effective this movement can be. So when we get to something, let's say, that have a high risk reward, like a barbell back squat, you're like, oh, shit, I'm prepared for this now. I understand it a lot better. Because at the end of the day, you got the underarm watch, right? So it's like if something bad happens, like the first thing they're going to do is look at the coach. Yeah. We have to bulletproof you guys and prepare you guys as best as possible. So when we do the hard shit, because at the end of the day, as coaches, we know hard shit is what gets results. But you have to prepare somebody to be able to withstand hard shit. And that comes from you understanding movement. That comes from you understanding exercises, tempos, sets, reps, what muscle groups do X, Y, and Z. Like we have to cover these bases because as a coach, if you like, like what Evan said, using the dead bug, for example, if you're still struggling with doing a contralateral basic dead bug without any accommodating resistance or anything special, I'm just not even going to feel comfortable to progress you in anything further in the dead bug. Like that just doesn't even make sense as a coach, you know? So now it's like, yeah. yeah, And and that's not even supposed to be a hard exercise. Like dead bugs should be easy over time. And what's crazy is that people will then be like, I'm bored. But the reason you're bored is because I can't move you on because you didn't do the basics right. So it goes back to the fact that you are, you can't, you have an issue with being uncomfortable without like understanding and, and learning the new stuff. Like you need to be un- put in an uncomfortable position, understand how to deal with the uncomfortable position and ch- challenge yourself to move on to the next thing. 
You know what I mean? Like, you need to be challenged. You need to get out of that comfort zone and you need to change. But you can't do that until you fucking get the basics done. Like, it's insane. Sure. It's just that that light that light needs to flip, but some people just, it just never flips because they never fucking see it. You know I mean, they never mm-hmm. see it. I guess it's just too dark to see the fucking, the, the, the light switch. But it's it, it's interesting to see, like, how people, like, we're just, like, in a society of, like, dealing with people that never step out of their comfort zone. And I guess, like, coming to the gym is a, a, a start. But as coaches, we need to challenge our people to actually become unco- uncomfortable and then hopefully that helps them out throughout their life. And I guess that kind of goes into the book that we can kind of talk about unless we want to continue going into this conversation. But oh, that takes I, us right into that conversation, actually. Yeah, yeah so – We'll go, we'll go a little bit into that conversation. So I've been reading a book called The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. It's right here, book, cover and all. If it's backwards, it's backwards. Okay, but the book is fucking dope. So it's basically, so I'll read you a quote that I have on, on front of my computer. I'm a highlighting guy. I forgot to highlight a whole bunch of stuff in this book because I was just so into it. But basically what it says is most people rarely step out of their comfort zone. We're living in the pro- progressively sheltered, sterile, sterile, yeah, sterile, Temperature, I can't talk today. Holy shit. <laughs> Overfed, under-challenged, safety-netted lives. And it's limiting the degree to which we experience one wild and precious life. Okay. But a radical new body of evidence shows that people are at their best when, they're, when they challenge themselves physically harder, mentally tougher, spiritually sounder. And after experiencing the same discomforts, of our early ancestors we're exposed to every day scientists are finding that certain discomforts protect us from physical and psychological problems like obesity heart disease cancers diabetes depression anxiety and even more fundamental issues like feeling like the lack of meaning and purpose so the whole book basically encompasses the fact that we need to step out of our comfort zone and the issues of why it's so hard for us right now to get out of that comfort zone and it's very interesting because one of the things that really knocked like hit me hit me for a loop was this kind of study or this kind of like story. Again, I don't know how 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 right the book is, but it's a the reason I read the book is because it's not like um what's his fucking name? What's the dude's fucking name? David Goggins. Like where he's yeah. oh, you're fucking weak, like you're a fucking pussy. Like you know, it doesn't hit you over the head, it kind of hits you with some facts and kind of tells you why like people are the way that they are. And the one thing that was that is before the ni- 1990s, like kids were outside all day. Kids were experiencing new things, breaking fucking limbs, risking, like going on bike rides, doing all these crazy things. But like around the 1990s where most of us were born, like especially people that are probably listening to it, listening to us right now, like millennials and Gen Z's, like our parents were helicopter parents. I mean, my, I mean, I'm an only child. My mom, like, let me ride, ride the bike down the fucking the driveway and turn my ass around. I wasn't allowed to ride the bike outside in Amboy, bro. So, like, I never really experienced, like, just ad- adventure and all that stuff or just going out just randomly. So the effect of helicopter parenting and people and parents being so involved in their kids' lives has, like, I mean, you know how it is. Like, parents were, like, checking your grades. Parents were making sure you got the best this, making sure that you're taking care of this, making sure you're doing this. Like they were so on top of, of kids that kids don't know how to do anything. And it leads to anxiety because they don't know how to stru- how to fucking handle anything. It leads to depression because they're everything's always answered for them. It leads to all this different mm. stuff. And it's just crazy. And it's the fear of failure is almost equivalent to the fear of death for some kids. Like, have you ever heard, mm. like, or you ever hear this thing of like, um, people going for a presentation or something like that. And this is an example that's in the book. They Kids go to have a presentation for their bosses and they're so anxious about their presentation, about failing their presentation or doing bad at their presentation that they have a, a fucking total meltdown and anxiety attack. And it happens constantly. And people are just like, oh, I just have anxiety, deal with it. But the reason you can't deal with it is because you're so scared because you're scared to risk and scared to fit and scared to fail. But what's the worst that can happen? Oh, like... You did shitty on the on the presentation. You're fired. Cool. Go get another job. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's, it's a big deal to get another job. And, yes, it's stressful. Yeah, I mean, but, like, if you know how to handle stress, like, then you just move the fuck on. 
but people don't know how to handle that because they're so scared to fucking fail. And they're scared to put themselves in those predicaments to do that. So it's just very interesting to see how society has has changed in levels that from like 1990 now where like anxiety is like super prevalent, depression is super prevalent, but like we're not doing anything about it other than medicating and and dealing with people's anxieties instead of people dealing with their own anxieties. I mean, and a lot of that dealing with your own anxieties comes from like being by yourself, which is super anxious, like inducing for some people. I mean, I like to be by myself. I'm a fucking introvert. But a lot of people don't like to be by themselves because they don't know how to dive deep into themselves and understand why they are a certain. Um, so, I mean, it's just fucking interesting to see like how society has become this shell of a of, of a former being of just like we're so closed off but like yet we want to do more but we can't we're scared to risk it you feel me so it's just crazy you know the the interesting part of what you're saying um and i agree with a lot uh, sometimes when when i think of society today like a, a question that kind of comes to my mind is being like social media is clearly it's just a big part of society today it yeah. just is what it is so now it's like depression is higher or anxiety is higher and you know a lot of these things that go on with people do you think it's actually higher or do you think that it's just more voices can now speak on these things just because there's more outlets to talk i think it's a combination okay i think it's a combination of both i think i mean we are more vocal as a society um, of telling our, our issues and stuff like that than we were back in the day, for sure. I mean, you know, every mm-hmm. like from from um, the LGBTQ community to everything like that, like everybody's very, very more vocal. But I think it's it's it has to do with both, because, I mean, obviously there was suppression before fucking 1990s and there was suppression yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but I think with our necessity need to be so invested into other people's business i mean again like you're saying social media is like right in our face like we're always connected to everything and we're always comparing ourselves to everybody else like that's anxiety inducing too so i think there's more levels to it because we're so more much more connected you know i mean and i think the connection and i get again we all we're a tribe like like humans are tribe our tribe people like we need to find our tribe and we need to stick to our tribe but we think everybody's part of our tribe you know what i mean yeah. and and that is not true and that right there is anxiety inducing like if somebody doesn't like me like why you know what i mean but it's also the thing of like people have also have like this constant feedback and then we get it all the time too it's like our phone our like the fucking tv's on like music's on like there's no ever quiet time to actually sit down and I know me- people meditate and stuff like that. I just started meditating just to try it out um, journal or something like that. But a lot of people also don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah. Like all like they don't know who they are, like what makes them tick, what makes them angry and stuff like that. They're very reactionary because they don't do the deep work. And I guess that's, that's part of why, I guess it's more prevalent, but again, it's, I guess it's also more vocalized. So it's a little bit of both, I guess. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it is a lot more vocalized today, but I like what you said about the tribe thing. Cause this is like a conversation I've had uh, a few times before. And I think, um, with now so many people having voices, which is like, a, it's a gift and a curse type of thing. Like there's positives, there's negatives and there's cons like anything else would have. But ultimately it's like, I think it's more so finding out what your tribe is, finding out what your belief system is, finding out um, where your morals and your values and your principles lie. Because when yeah. you have those things like checked off and when you have those things that you really like understand truly like within yourself, mm-hmm. it's, it starts to create the pathway of, of, of your life for you. So now yeah. it's like there's just certain things that, really bother you or there's certain things that you won't really pay much attention to because it's like you understand your tribe you understand your lane you know what's important to you you know what's unimportant to you and you kind of live and die in that and i think what what becomes a problem with so many people is like 
being that there's so much information out here, there's so many different groups out here. It's like, you feel like you're supposed to be accepted by all. That's just impossible, bro. It's never going to happen. And that doesn't even mean like someone literally just has to hate your guts or dislike you. But maybe this person is just meant to be like an associate for you. Or maybe this person is just meant to be someone that you coexist with. This person doesn't have to be someone that you have to have like this deep loving relationship with and X, Y, and Z. Like you can still be a loving, caring person without necessarily feeling like you have to um, befriend every single person that comes into your path. Maybe yeah. you just have love and kind for humanity, which makes you a good human. It's perfectly fine. But it's it's going to be physically impossible that everybody's going to be a part of your tribe. That's just not going to happen. And it's going to be physically impossible that someone's going to align with every single thought and every single vision that you have. So it's like, why are you looking for acceptance in areas that it's not really important to you? And if you kind of know what's that's the key. If you know what's important to you, then you'll be looking for acceptance in those areas that it's actually important to you. In, you know, and, um, you know, it's funny, like when I went to Colombia um, a couple weeks ago, um, me and my girl went to this mountain area. It was like glamping. And when when we got there, it was like high up in the mountains and we had no Wi-Fi. And I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Me personally, when I go on vacations, I don't really use a lot of internet. I don't use Wi-Fi, none of that stuff, because like I purposely want to disconnect. Um, but I just love the fact that I didn't even have access to it. I think there was like a rainstorm or whatever like that. So it's like, we, we was like, we don't care. Like, this is perfectly fine. And then it's like sitting up there in the mountains, bro, and like this beautiful scenery, the whole nine. And you just like, I saw nothing but, like, life. It was just a bunch of trees, cloud. Like, it was – the mountains were so high. Like, we just saw where the clouds kind of covered the rest of the mountains. Like, that shit – it almost looked like like Skull Mountain where, like, King Kong would be in it, some shit like that. But then you, you're, like, you're really just looking in the sky, and you're just, like, looking at all the life and the land out there, and you're just like, bro, none of this shit is important. Like, the stuff that people just be stressing about or the – so many acceptance that we're trying to find from people who just like just aren't in your tribe or aren't aligned with the things that you want to be aligned that that you're aligned with in life and it's just like what are you really doing this for and i think it's for someone to really sit back and, and just peel the covers on peel the covers off on themselves and just really like you said do that deep work and just figure out like man cut off the social media and really just look at you as the person what's important to you what do you yeah. feel like your purpose is here um who's important to you what are your values what are things that you're interested in what are things that you're not interested in and then you kind of start figuring out the path of life that you decide to go in right I and then that on once you kind of figure those things out the next part is just like what am i doing to challenge myself what am i doing to learn you know like th these are all the next steps of the path that I'm always already walking in and the tribe that I already have around me, what am I doing to be better to service the tribe that I have around me to um, continue to walk in the path that's designed for me? Like, these are all questions uh, definitely as men that I feel like we should be answering with ourselves, but just even as people, yeah. you know, like get more in tune with yourself, be more present in the things that you do and the things that you say and stop letting everything, um, Stop letting everything affect your mind so easily. Like, as, as people, we're easily influenced. But as people, we also have the option to create the environments and surround the environments for us that we're going to be influenced by. So I think even understanding, like, knowing that, hey, as a, as a person, I'm easily influenced. Let me start to surround myself with the environments and the people and the resources and tools that's going to influence me in the way that I wish to be influenced. If you understand the way that you wish to be influenced. Yeah. I think that's, I think you, 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 you like nailed so many things that like I agree with. It's insane. Like, I think the first thing that you basically said is creating fucking boundaries. I think the only way you can find out and create boundaries is understand yourself and do the deep work, like saying no to certain things, saying yes to certain things, 
kicking some toxic people out of your life, keeping the people that, that are invested in you into your life, understanding the difference between those people and figuring out who fuels you and who takes the fucking energy away. Like those are all important or what events or um, places do the same thing. Um, those are super important. I think the other thing is like being one with nature. Like I, I fucking, all right, let's be hundred percent real. I hate, I hate bugs. I hate, I hate nature, but like every now and then I'd like to disconnect and I'll take the dog for a walk for like a 20 minute walk without my phone. And without any anything else other than like just the sound of like me walking through like White Rock Lake, which is like a lake around here, or like just the, during the the fucking the park, like just being like out and just like without any feedback other than the sounds of just like being outside, like actually calms me down. And it's part of the book too, like just being outside in nature. Why do you think that is? By the way, I just want to interject I, really quick. I I honestly think that's more just the fact of like our just, I mean our ancestor thing you get me like we're just i mean a lot of us like tend to i mean we're, we're come from fucking people that that lived in the in, in the wilderness i think that's just something that we do it's the same thing with like hunters and gatherers i don't know man it's it's one of those things i just enjoy to do that i guess that's our body needs it like we're fucking we're, we're sheltered too often to fucking actually deal with being outside but it actually calms yeah, me down yeah so i think that's what it is but another nail, another thing, like it's, I, I totally man, you said so many, like I just fucking forgot. But I think it's also the challenge thing. There you go. Mm-hmm. I think it's also the thing of challenging yourself to do it. And I think going back to what you were saying, and I think this is very important for people to understand. The deep work takes time, and you're never gonna understand the answers right away. But continue to do it. Like he's talking about understanding your purpose. Like it took me forever to understand my purpose, and I'm still working on my purpose because mm-hmm. I'm in. So always going back and working on what my boundaries are now and whether my what's my purpose now now, what direction do I want to go? All that stuff I continuously like revamp and rework just because like sometimes it's not it. Or sometimes I experience something new that I enjoy. Or something that sometimes I experience something that I don't like and I want to take away. So don't feel pressured that you're never gonna find out what your purpose is because sometimes like it might pop up, it might change like every now and then yeah i mean like it's not like we're fucking 18 anymore and like we had to pick our fucking uh, what we're gonna major in and we're stuck doing that like you constantly change and you constantly evolve um and the challenge thing is very important and the book actually goes into something called uh i'm gonna fuck this word up and i'm sorry if i fuck this word up it's, it's so but if, if, if i'm correct it's like uh they talk about it as a a challenge you're not prepared for and it's a challenge like it's they they made the example of this guy what he did was he was like next week i'm gonna go down the fucking the lake find a boulder and push the boulder from one side of the lake to the other and and the dude's like that's fucking stupid he's like yeah i know it's stupid but it's challenging and it's something i can't train for so what the challenging thing does it puts you in this kind of flow state where it's almost like meditative and Mm. it and it causes you to deal with the stress and anxiety of the thing and almost like put yourself in a dying situation or almost like in peril to deal with like the the thing. I think that's also the thing. Like a lot of us are think death is we're the only society like in the world and religion that think that death is the end of it. You know what I mean? Like you go to other, other cultures like Africa. Africa is like death is just the next stage. And then they have a whole nother life religion to that and the same thing with buddhism and stuff like that so it's we're so scared of death but a lot of these other places like they they treat that as part of their culture yeah i mean that's just part of uh, life and that's the next step but going back to like the fucking stresses of doing something that puts you under that kind of peril that kind of stress like it changes you it forces you to deal with your anxieties deals with your stress or you'll die you know I mean, like, like that. It's not a presentation. It's not a fucking. It's not a presentation. It's not a fucking yeah. uh, speaking event. Like where you're getting anxiety attack because you can't speak or you might think you're doing wrong. Like you put yourself in the in in these predicaments that cause you to deal with it and face it forward and like fucking hit that in the head or you'll die. You know what I mean, like that's why some random some people like be like I'm just gonna crap uh climb Mount Everest like today. You know I mean, because why not? You know I mean, but like they're going out there, like, like facing their fucking fears and they come back stronger for that. You know I mean, so 
dealing with the challenges, creating boundaries, always reworking your fucking your purpose. Like these are all very important things. And I think it's super uncomfortable to do all those. But if you don't deal with all those uncomfortable things, you know I me, mean? and challenge yourself at the same time, like you're never gonna fucking grow. You're never gonna learn. You're never going to be able to do stuff. I mean, like for me, you'll I never know who you are. You never know. You never know who the fuck you are. Like for me, like I don't like. I always like to challenge myself. Like this year, the whole, the whole, the whole theme is challenged. Like I did a high rocks. I got a BJJ tournament coming up. I have this cut that I need to do for my BJJ tournament, which is like the most extensive cut that I've done in like eight, in in ten weeks. Like I have another high rocks. I have another BJJ tournament. I might do a rocking like fucking thing. I might do a Spartan race. Like I have seven things going on. Not because like I need those things to go on, but like I feel like I need to be challenged. And I think like yeah. at the other end of doing those things, I'll come out stronger. I mean, putting myself in those predicaments will make me a little bit better, a little bit more calm, a little bit more um less anxiety ridden. Like I'm not I'm not anxious person, but I feel like sometimes like when I'm in a crowd of people, I get stressed out, like shit like that. Like I put myself in these in these predicaments and I try to come up either learning something or getting better at something. So that's just me. You're literally putting yourself in positions that force you to just go forward. Yes. I mean, I'm taking a fucking salsa class. That's like the yeah. most thing ever. Like I, like I've done, I, I can get neat in the fucking eye. I can get a bloody fucking like in, in jujitsu fucking dance class. Put me in that motherfucking dance class. I am sweating bullets. Cause I fucking suck. And I like, but I enjoy that because like, it's something that I've always wanted to learn. But like, I think it's also people that are there like are very fucking nice and understand that you're trying to do something new. So like, mm-hmm. just put yourself out there. I mean, you never know. Plus there's hot girls there. So that helps. <laughs> yeah, that does help. But, and, but that'd be the funny part. Like as soon as you do something, like we so quick to, to overthink and stop ourselves from doing something. And once you kind of get in that thing, you're like, Oh, yeah. like it's really just like a, Oh shit. Like I can do this. Or, Oh, these people are a lot more supportive than I thought they would be. Like yeah. just all these little things. And it's like, you're just allowing yourself, like a, a lot of us, we just kind of get in our own way, dude. Yep. You know, and and one of my one of my sayings are like, if you think too much, start doing more. And if you're just too impulsive and always do, just sit down and start to think more. You know, yep. and that that's literally just like looking at what maybe your strengths are and your weaknesses and just attacking it. Something yep. just as simple as that. Um, and and it's funny because like I'm kind of like on the same page like with with my life in this year too. I was like. I feel like over the last two years has been like a lot of restructuring, a lot of replanning of I transitioned a couple of times in the last two years. And I just kept saying like 2023 is just go mode. Everything is the green light. I'm not thinking about much shit I'm going to do. And then when I'm done with that, I'm going to do again. And I'm just going to keep doing because like it's, it's sometimes it's good to sit back and plan and do x y and z but sometimes you gotta fucking go dude sometimes you just gotta do and then it's like you're sitting here thinking so long and next thing you know seven months passed by and you were still thinking about some shit you wanted to do seven months ago so it's like like what's the point the crazy thing is you have to imagine what you what you could have done if you actually started seven months ago or where you would seven months ago like i'm the same way like i'm i'm not the most impulsive person like i like to plan i like to think but like Sometimes it's fucking, like you said, it's green light, it's fucking go mode. Like, I need to try something, I need to do something, because, like, I don't want to be in the same position I'm going to be in, like, next year. If I'm still, be realistically, if you're still, like, in the same place that you are from last year, and you haven't done anything different, you're backwards hustling. You know I mean? You're not yeah, fucking, you're not really doing anything. If you're not getting at least 1% better or trying something different, at least, like, one thing, like, one thing a year, then what like i'm sorry are you are, are you living life like are you even trying yeah i mean so like, yeah there's that part are you trying yeah so i think all this thing all all this stuff encompasses like this entire this entire fucking talk is being okay with being uncomfortable like yeah. uncomfortable isn't being uncomfortable isn't a fucking scary thing it i mean let's be honest it is a scary thing but are you gonna die you know what i mean it's like the way that I think about it in my head, I think about fucking child from, from hangover three. It's like, you got shot today. Cool. But did you die? You know what I'm saying? Like you try something new, you failed at it. Cool. Move on. 
Did you enjoy it? You want to try it again? Cool. Let's do that again. Did you not enjoy it? Cool. Let's do something else. I mean, like you're always trying to maneuver, fucking adapt to the situation. And the more you're able to try something and adapt, the more likely you are to be fucking risk taking and trying new things and being adaptable and getting things done like the first time or getting better at those things. I mean, like those fucking I mean, you know how it is. You know, the thing is like fucking get knocked down fucking like three times come up four well i don't know the fucking the correct saying yeah, but you know, yeah, yeah. I get what you're like, saying. every time i get knocked down i come back stronger and i figure out a new way to get around it and yeah and and ultimately i think it's like we as we have this life in our physical shell and i'll get like a little bit into how i i view you know like what you had spoken earlier just like society views like oh it's deaf and it's over i personally don't view it that way um i view my spirit as something that's going to continue to live on I just feel like I'm in my physical shell in this state at this very moment. But once my spirit leaves this shell, it's going to continue to live on however it's going to live on and whatever form that may take, whatever shape that may take. Now, in order for my spirit to be enriched and my spirit to be high, I have to add life to my spirit. So if I'm not doing things that's adding life to my spirit, which means I'm not affecting anything around me, um, in a positive way I'm not giving life to anything around me in a positive way or just influencing like I want to be able to influence I want to be able to to um you know what's funny like as as people we, we don't realize how much power we have right yep. and this is something that I speak of a lot like you ever was in a room and then someone that just like has a shitty attitude walks in a room and the whole energy of the room changes Mm-hmm. that's a real thing bro and, uh, and like when you really start looking at and seeing like how your body is like your body's made of electricity like that's fucking fascinating to really think about that so which means that i have the the power to walk in a room and change the energy of how a room feels that's fucking spirit and there's no other way to describe that it's not explainable but it's a spirit thing at the end of the day right so if I walk in a room and someone's like, damn, man, yo, every time you come in, you always make me laugh. You do this. But that means I'm influencing a behavior or uh, emotion out of somebody. That's yep. a powerful being. By and then on the other your, end of it. Yeah. Say that just, again? You just, were breaking up. I just your presence. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Great. Yeah. Just your presence. And it can be the complete opposite of way. You could just come in and you just have this dark cloud over you, this black cloud over you, and now everybody is uneasy. Yep. You know, so ultimately I'm looking like, I don't really live by the YOLO thing too much, but I, I kind of do on a degree too. Like you're going to die whether you live life comfortably or uncomfortably, but mm-hmm. you're going to die from your physical shell. But your spirit is going to take on whatever your spirit was in your physical shell of life form so if you're not challenging yourself you're not growing you're not learning you're not doing things to spark your spirit as your shell just starts to um degenerate i think that's how you would say that right um or just start to decompose itself there was no life in your spirit so how is that really going to live on over time or how is that going to affect the people or the environment or the influence of whatever your ecosystem was when your physical shell is no longer here bro when when nipsey hustle passed away i really really looked at life um different because this was this was um our generation yeah 2020 right around there somewhere but this was like someone that our generation knew a lot Right. And in his passing, Lauren London said something that stuck out to me. She was like, in Nipsey's passing, I got closer to him in his death than when he was here. Like, think about that. That's fucking deep, dude. So it's like all the teachings that he had within his ecosystem and his environment and his family still live on through Mm -hmm. what he created and that energy and that and that spirit. And she still is connected to that. Like that says something, right? Yeah. And 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 in the grand scheme of it, like his physical shell might not be here, but the spirit of Nipsey 
transcended across the U.S. in so many different neighborhoods and so many different people. And like you listen to that, I listen to that Victory Lap album today, and I still get chills. Like it's right. just very, it's like something that just sits there, and it, and it just really goes to show you about like what you're doing with your spirit and your life form while you have the ability to do it instead of just like letting time pass around and not influencing anything. You want to be an influence. And that comes from you challenging yourself. And that's going to come from you learning new things. That's going to come from you affecting your ecosystem, knowing your tribe, walking in your path, understanding your morals and values, and not just um, getting sidetracked by things that are just meant to be distractions. Some things are honestly just meant to be distractions and it takes you away from what's really important. But if you don't know what's really important to you, you're just going to be, you're not going to be adding any life to your years because now you're just going to be sitting here searching for something your whole life. That's not yeah. there or not searching. Maybe you're just complacent and that's not good either. No, Here, here's a question. Cause I think the the big word, of what you were saying is impact. What is what is the impact you want to leave when you leave your show? So it's funny, like I feel like um I feel like and I'll just kind of be a little personal in my case, like I feel like my purpose is driven to impact people in a positive way and to be a helpful force. And I just feel like my outlet for that is just through fitness. And that's something I kind of came to grips with um, probably when I, probably like two or three years ago, where I was just really looking. And there's a lot of things I did in my career that I just jumped off of faith and just kind of figured it out. And I always landed. And every time that I landed, it just built a new confidence in myself. Like, no, I'm really meant to do this thing. Because there's plenty of opportunities that presented itself for me to where I could have folded. Um, I could have switched, I could have stopped, but always something that allowed me to keep holding on. And I was always influencing someone in a positive way. I was always making moves that was taking me a step further in this lane of what I'm doing. And I have 10 years of proof to showing how I've impacted health and people's fitness and people's lives for the better. Yeah, Yeah, I'm walking in my purpose, but my outlet is just to getting people to learn how to use fucking kettlebells and do push-ups and shit like that. But all the real work that I do really comes into, I don't give a fuck if you want to get good with a kettlebell or get good with a barbell. I want to see you start from the, the point that you're at and walk out and be something better and understand and take this fitness journey that you created with me and now use this as an outlet that's going to transfer into every little aspect that you can think in life. Maybe now you um, create better boundaries with relationships that you allow in yourself because now you understand your value through you doing fitness and creating a discipline within yourself and creating a habit within yourself to where now your views of what's important to you starts to change because of the self-work that you did through the outlet of just lifting weights. Yeah. That's all it is at the end of the day. So it's like when I look at my work, I just look at it like this is my outlet for people to find that self-value in themselves, find the discipline, um, create a healthier lifestyle for themselves that goes way beyond just you picking up a weight is going to go into the life structure that you now create for yourself moving forward. And I feel like once I impacted you that way, oh, it's it's. I did my job at that point. 100%. You know, that, so that's where I look at my impact to be. Mm, that's deep, bro. I think it's also very interesting. Like, I, I think this is why I, I like talking to you because we kind of we we kind of think the same way. I really don't give a fuck about, like, PRs, numbers, what you're squatting. Like, all that shit doesn't matter to me. It matters that whatever you're doing in here is helping you out. You know I mean? Like, if I'm a force to be... If, if you come in here, you're expecting me in there. You're expecting me to be like EP and you're expecting me to be fucking like personable, make you laugh, but also fucking push you to the limit. Like, like I want to be that person for you so you can get out there. You can fucking grow and do whatever you need to do. Like, I want to make that fucking I want to make that easy for you. And I think that's that's where a lot of coaches get fucked up. It's like they're so focused on like the exercises, the numbers and whatever like that. But as coaches. What, what is a coach? 
Like, if you really look about the definition of a coach, a coach is a bus that takes you from point A to point B. That's what a coach is. Like, you ride the coach, you ride the bus. It's the same thing. That's what we're doing. Taking the person from point A to point B. And that point A to point B might look like a back squat, 315 back squat. But, like, from here, my goal for you is to, from this to this, is being more confident human being, to be more powerful human being, to be a better person to other people around you. Like, that's where I'm taking you. And if it may look yeah. to you at 315 bench, then cool. I don't give a fuck. You know I mean? But as long as the underlying thing is what I wanted, cool. I drove you to where you needed to be. For me, it's more, yeah, and, and that goes right in what you say. It's like, it's not the 315 squat that's impressive, which it can be, but it's yeah. the journey that got you to the 315 and everything that you picked up along the way for you to now get that 315. That's yep. the really bigger thing when you start to look at it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you came in and you were just this person that was dismissive or you had this back problem and all these things existed. You were a negative mindset here, whatever. And you getting to 135, no more back problems. Um, hey, I put more boundaries in my life. When I got to 225, strong ass fucking core. Discipline is like intact. I've been in the gym for six months straight. Now, by the time you actually made it to 315, your whole life has changed completely from Mm -hmm. before we even touched a barbell. You know what I mean? So that was like you were this person when you started, and now 315 is literally just the the icing on the cake, but you had to get the flour and the eggs, and you needed a mixer, and you did all these things to get that 315. and. Now that 315 is pretty much made off of this foundation that you created, not just you walked in the gym and you got 315 because it doesn't work that way. Yeah, I think I think the I think the real big problem is I think we fail as coaches if that person walks in like a dick without being under the bar and then still walks walks out a dickhead at 315. Yeah, I mean it's just like with all the 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 journey is very very important. I like teaching and coaching and guiding people like is way more important way more um the word isn't actionable but the and the word isn't necessarily like um objective like the subjective stuff is what really matters i mean being like things to help that person like become better on the outside is 100 percent better and again like like you said like it's the chocolate on top of the fucking ice cream but i think the broccoli fucking tastes better sometimes by itself well let's take it back to us too and now that's why it's important for us as coaches right like because we're leaders at the end of the day there's no other way to look at it you are a leader of your tribe your tribe is your athletes your tribe are your clients however you want to view them so you need to be in tune with yourself you need to know what vision you're trying to push you need to know what your boundaries are when it comes to clients and your boundaries are when it comes to your work life and you need to have all these things intact in because these people are looking to you for guidance. So now yeah. with them looking to you for guidance, you got to be on your shit. So guess what? I need to be in shape. And with me being in shape, that's going to be whatever my fitness journey leads for me to stay disciplined and to stay in shape. And there's yeah. one thing that I noticed about my sit- myself is when I'm training hard and I'm disciplined and I'm on my shit, my business is thriving because naturally I am in a more um actionable phase period when i start to slack on myself things start to slack in my life overall so it's very important that i stay swinging these heavy kettlebells or challenging myself with this aerial yoga thing which is new to me learning a new language um experiencing new things in my life continuing to put myself in new challenges because i can't just tell my clients to do this shit and i'm not being a walking embodiment of it because it's going to start to show in areas where it's like hey you're kind of lacking or you're slacking or like you can't hide that for so long you know so ultimately it's like as a coach when you're attracting someone to be a part of your tribe that you're leading you want to look like a fucking powerful leader and a knowledgeable leader and even if you don't know everything you're a person is like i'm gonna figure it out yeah. And that's what makes a coach a coach at the end of the day. It's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing to really lead the charge? I used to make um a comment back in the day where I, I used to say I would lead from the middle, not necessarily just like um lead from the middle in terms of I'm going to get down and dirty with y'all to see that shit too. 
you know yep. so a lot of like the ways that i built in my career um coming up and building respect from clients is like sometimes i'll just get in the mud with them on a random day and just be like yo let's go i haven't done that in a very long time just because of the stature that i built with myself but when i was really getting into like proving myself as a coach and proving myself as a trainer it was definitely uh i'm going to build my respect and my reputation through action everything is action 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 I'm going to force you to trust me and I'm going to force you to believe in what I do because I'm going to get in the trenches and do it. I'm not just going to be the person that's going to point, yell, and tell you what to do and not live the same life. Yep, 100%. I think, I, 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 I mean, I don't use this quote, but I kind of think about it this way. You know, like the quote of action speaks louder than words. I like to think about action speaks louder than words, but I want the actions to be deafening. Like, I want to fuck loud proud and fucking doing all this shit in the front fucking lines and people see you act like that's the thing people will see you act people see all the posts you do people see all the fucking training you do people yeah. say look people see all this stuff like you can talk the talk but like if you're not fucking doing all the extra work yeah you know i mean it doesn't fucking matter yeah you know i mean it's not even like the 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 videos or like the coaching the fucking training it's all the little things like you're saying like the language trying new things experiencing new things and taking risks like people see that people get motivated by that and people take their own actions and it goes back to the fact that you never know how much power you have until like you see the people around you experiencing new things or doing the things that they want to do in their life because they're like oh i saw terrence do that i saw ep do that i saw ep like fucking did x y and z like now nah, i want to do x y and z over there you get me like you never know how motivated and that's i mean that's the whole thing of this fucking podcast you know what i mean like we don't fucking we're we may be nobodies but we somebody's gonna fucking hear us you know what i mean mm -hmm. well, somebody to somebody 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 might hear us and you never know like this might be the podcast that motivates you to do x y and z you know what i mean this might be the podcast to take that tells you to go the fucking mount everest tomorrow you know I mean, book your first flight or this might be the fucking podcast. Be like, all right, like I'm going to take this, this fitness jersey seriously. I'm going to do my research and work on my nutrition and be disciplined. This might be the podcast that fucking just wakes you the fuck up to do the extra deep work that you need to do. Sure. Like boundaries and say no, like, like actions speak loud in words. And hopefully people can take that us acting right now. Yeah. You know I mean, by doing something as simple as just talking to each other even if it's small, like we just talked for an hour and 15 minutes, like can help somebody. And that's important. Yeah. That's fitness goes way deeper than the physical dude. And if you really look at what fitness really meant, it was like survival of the fittest back in the day. That's literally yep. what it stands for at the end of the day. And that's mm -hmm. going to be based off your spirituality. It's going to be based off your physical um, strength or your physical capabilities. And it's going to be yep. more than importantly, it's going to be off of your mental capabilities. And, I know it sounds cliche, but 80% of everything is going to come from the mental, bro. How you view something yep. is going to be how you take action on something. And there's just yep. no other way around it. Your mind is going to control your actions all the time. It's not a 90% rate. It's not a 50% rate. 100% of the time, your mind controls what your physical is going to do. So you got to make sure that shit is sharp. And that's what makes you fit. Yeah, the comfort crisis. Boom! Look at that. Brought it back to the start. <laughs> there you go. Brought it back to the fucking start. I mean, just get uncomfortable. Be happy with the uncomfortable. Try new things. Do all that shit. I mean, try it. Just fucking try it. I mean, just act. That's it. Yeah. If you didn't pick up anything else from this talk, is get out of your fucking head and just try it. Yep. You know, a, a lot of the, a lot of the times, like you learn from your failures, you build relationships from your failures. Like yep. there's so many things that come from just you trying something and like just kind of also understanding like. Failure isn't going to be like a life threatening failure. Nope. It's just not like at nope. the end of the day, you know, nope. and there's some things that might weigh more than others, which is perfectly fine. But if, if you're just always thinking or just always letting things influence in you without you understanding who you are and figuring out what's important to you understanding what your principles and your morals and your values are like you got to have all these things in check and ultimately that's going to put you on the path that you need to be put on 
without letting things be so easily distracting, you know? And that's where that deep work comes in. 100%. 100%. I love it. I think that's a great way to fucking end it, to be honest with you. Great fucking combo, bro. I I love these topics that you brought up. This was great. This is a great talk. I hope people enjoy it. At least a little bit pieces that we that we that we brought. But by the com- I mean, I'm telling I'm telling Terrence right now to get the comfort the comfort crisis. It's probably my favorite book of the year. I try to read at least like 15 books a year, and so far it's probably my favorite. Um, again, it's so, not yeah, it's not super super on your head motivational, but it's really good to kind of think about um risks and uncomfortability in a different way love it bro all right stay tuned for next week episode three of building savage cast cast <laughs> building the building savage cast <laughs> that means i need to do my calf work tonight <laughs> have you ever seen that video of like what's your red flag and this dude just standing there calves and he like looked around and was like why, why did i think about my calves that's not a red flag man it's like First thing, the first thing he thought about his red flag was his calves. Do your calf work. Yeah, Yeah. do do your calves, guys. Build your your calves. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This man got calf on it, bro. All right, bro. Great great talk, guys. Uh, We will catch you guys next week for episode three. Make sure you stay tuned. And this will be dropping very soon for you guys. Appreciate you guys for being here. All righty. All right.